Welcome to the Octo Podcast, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Off the Dome podcast. We got a lot to talk about today, and let's just go ahead and get right into it. We've 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 seen from the NFL now um, that uh, we're just going to start right here. This call on this man, Grady Jarrett, against Tom Brady, that roughing the passer call might have been the worst fucking call I've ever seen in my life. Not only then was it topped by the next night, last night, the Raiders versus Chiefs game, that topped it. Carl Sheffers was like, all right, Jerome Boger, I see you and your shitty call, and I'm going to one-up you. I've never seen a guy get stripped, sacked, and called for roughing the passer. The man had the penalty called on him while he had the fucking ball in his hands. That doesn't even make sense. This has got, something's got to give. People are outrageous. I know the NFL just came out and said, oh, we're going we're gonna to look into this because of the outrage. Yeah, no shit you're going to look into this. You're affecting games. I understand for the Atlanta game and the Tampa Bay game, the one on Brady, I'm not saying that cost us the game because you never know what would happen if Atlanta got the ball, but it's third down. Grady Jarrett grabs him, rolls him over on top of him. If he would have let go at that point, he can get up and throw the ball. And then we're all dogging on Grady Jarrett for how stupid of a play he didn't make. So you can't have your cake and eat it too. What do you want? I I'm, I understand we want to protect the quarterback. I get all that. But if you're going to go to this extreme measures to where you're changing outcomes of games on horseshit calls, then by God, we just need to put flags on, on quarterbacks and not have this shit. Because this right here... It's the little things. It takes just a little bit of momentum in this league for something that's just like that. How many times have you seen teams that just click and then the ball just seems, everything just seems to be going their way. And we're not even talking about the, you know, the, the third down before that was bailed out on pretty much a ticky-tacky uh, defensive holding call on A.J. Terrell. That one I can understand. All right, you made a little stupid mistake, whatever. But now you then go back and do it again. At another third down, after Atlanta had just drove down, scored, we got the two-point conversion on a gutsy call that I was questioning, but then they got it. Uh, and then you you basically ice the game because you don't allow Brady to get touched. I get it. And I know this is probably stemming from the whole Tua incident and, and how that looked. I get that. But it is a... Case by case study. If you're a referee, you cannot go into the game and go, I really got to make sure I get these roughing. You know, I got I got to call roughing the passer like instantly because we can't have the, the, the league having these concussion things and how it looks for the league. Well, guess what, motherfuckers? It's the NFL. It's football. That's what you signed up for. You're going to get hit. You can't make this game any less violent. You can protect guys and have the rules. No, I, I love the no helmet to helmet. Um, I understand now, don't go at the knees. We don't want to tear ACLs. And, you know, those are, I get all that. But, God damn, they got to be able to, if you're a defensive player, what do you do? I mean, the one on car was just so fucking egregious. What do you do? It's, you're asking a guy to defy gravity on that play. He is falling down with Derek Carr, stripping the ball. And he's just falling down. He has nowhere to go. I don't get it. It was horse shit. It was a bad call. Luckily, it didn't affect the outcome because Kansas City still found a way to win the ball game. And <clears throat> it's just a shame, man. You're, you know, Jerome Boger's crew had just blown a call against the Ravens the week before he comes in. I'm telling you right now, that dude better not call a single playoff game or it's tarnished. Carl Sheffers... Never been a fan of him. He's a, his crew always likes, they, they will call a lot of penalties. And obviously, they don't even get the ones they call right. So it's just embarrassing for the league. I mean, it's, it, it is an embarrassment. This is football, guys. We play the game how it's supposed to be played. And still, people are going to get hurt. It's just the way it is. We all, everyone signed up for it. They knew going into when they were playing football what the risks and the rewards could be. So what do you do? That's why you pay these guys so much damn money because that way they're compensated because they're putting their bodies on the line. You know, it's a very barbaric type 
just smash mouth football type sport. It's it's a it's a smash mouth game. It's not for the 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 weak at heart. I'm I'm here to tell you that now. Breaking news: football is not for the weak of heart. So when it comes to these roughing the passers roughing the passer calls, it's just the worst I've seen. I've never seen any any worse calls than these two that were. Both of these calls were bad, and they got one up. I thought Atlanta's was the worst I had ever seen, and then bam, here we go the next night, and Carl Sheffer's just—it's it, just bad. The league has a lot of shit they need to look into, and it seems like they always got a problem. If it's not the PI calls, if it's if it, if it's not one thing, it's another. You know, it was what's a catch? You know, we had Des Bryant and Green Bay. What's a catch? No one knows what a catch is. Okay, we kind of figure that out. Then the next issue now passing interference. Well, passing interference was never an issue before. Now it's an issue. Well, now we got passing interference. You know, we go back to that Saints Rams game. Big, big time play on that PI, no PI call. All right, so then we, we solved that problem. Now here we are in 2022 and we have a new problem, and it's roughing the passer. I don't know if I missed something. Has the game changed? Is there new rules that have changed the game drastically from year to year that has made this to where we don't know what a roughing the passer call is anymore? Did it change from last year? If you fucking hit a guy too violently or you body slam him to the ground, call it. Now, if you wanted to say Grady Jarrett did a body slam, you're full of fucking shit. And then Brady comes out and goes, well, I don't throw the flags. No, but you were bitching about that the whole game. He had been bitching about roughing the passer calls tw at least twice before that. He had been chirping in the ref's ear, and he's like, they're like, no, 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 you're good. So finally, he gets his way on a call that he shouldn't have got. It's bullshit. I don't like this shit because you know what? Is Lamar getting these calls? No. Did Cam Newton ever get these calls? No. So what's the standard? It, it's, oh, well, he, this guy's a really good player for this league. We got to have Tom Brady. We got to protect him. Bullshit. If it's a fucking penalty, call it. I don't care if it's Geno Smith, Tom Brady, fucking Andy Dalton, or Colin Kaepernick. If it's a fucking flag, call this shit. It, I don't understand this. This is not the NBA where, like, you they've come out, refs have said, like, you know, rookies aren't going to get the calls. They got to earn those calls. Fuck that, dude. If it's a penalty, it's a penalty. I don't care who the hell it is. If it's Bailey Zappi that got hit like that, I don't want the call. If, if he got hit like Tua did, okay, then you call it. It's a, it's a standard that needs to be across the board no matter who the damn quarterback is. That should never be a fucking factor. That makes no sense. It makes no sense. So the NFL has a lot of shit they need to look into, and they need to get this shit right before, you know, they're, 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 they're just changing outcomes. Whether you want to say that that was the reason Atlanta lost, no, it's not. They, they were down. They put themselves in that situation, but they had drove all the way back, 21 to 15, got a two-point conversion, got screwed on a defensive holding call. All right, whatever. Drive continues. They need to fuck them over one more time to, to send them back in with a, a horseshit-ass call, uh, roughing the passer call. It's It was huge. It was third down. They were going to get off the field, and... <clears throat> It's just bullshit. The league's got a lot of shit they need to look into. And the same thing goes with that Kansas City call because that one was worse than Atlanta's, surprisingly. Oh, all right. Now that we got all that off my chest, let's actually get into the game. This week we would have whopping 8-8. Eight and eight. I still don't know what the hell's going on in this league. There's a lot of teams that are just, I mean, let's go right into London. The G-men the go into Green Bay and knock on, uh, not in Green Bay. They're in London, sorry. But it felt like a home game. If you were watching that game, it did feel like a home game. A lot of Packers fans there in London supporting. But, goddamn, what a comeback by the Giants. Um, you know, they've outscored Green Bay 14-2. to Green Bay had kind of jumped on them early. And 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 I'm concerned if I'm if I'm a Packers fan. I'm outright concerned because, yeah, the Giants are 4-1, but are they world beaters? That's to be seen. I'm not going to say that they're not a, a really good team because... They're fucking four and one. Now I know the record. Uh, you know they didn't have the toughest of schedule or anything. They played their schedule, and they're four and one. So you got to give credit where credit's due. You can't make excuses and say, "Well, they didn't play nobody." Yeah, well, they don't make the schedule. So and they don't they don't control the team other teams are playing. So you know they played a damn good Green Bay Packers team that we you know a damn good defense, and they put up twenty seven points and Saquon was all over it. So. Give credit to the Giants, man. I, I, I'm starting to buy this stock of the Giants. Andrew, if you're listening, I, I, I'm, I'm behind your G-man, dog. They, they proved a doubter in me, and it's going to be hard to pick against them from now on. I mean, Saquon is back in his, his true form, playing out of his mind. And it's what's funny is most teams know what's happening. But 
can't stop it. And they find ways to get him the ball in the open space. They're doing a great job. I think Daniel Jones is really doing a great job. And and in a year where he's got, he's in a prove it year now. You know, they declined his fifth year option, so he's this that might have lit a fire under his ass because he's playing really good football right now. Um, his ath athleticism is is huge. You know, he's thirty seven yards rushing. He's he's a sneaky damn good athlete running that the, running the ball. Um, and you know, with that run game going, that opens up their entire offense. The only thing that concerns me is their weapons, and and really, Daniel Jones is doing a hell of a job making nobody's look into you know into somebody's. Kind of like what the guy on the other side of the ball we used to credit him for doing. But uh, it seems like him not having weapons, him being Aaron jo or Aaron Rodgers, it's affecting him. You know, he's 25 for 39, 222, and two touchdowns, no picks. You look at the stat line, you go, that's not, not a bad game. That's not an Aaron Rodgers game. Um, what impressed me the most about this game, what impressed me the most about this game is the uh, Giants defense. You know, coming in, I was kind of dogging the Giants defense. Uh, rightfully so, they hadn't been good. They hadn't proved themselves, but, I mean... They came in here and they, and they, you know, they didn't get turnovers or anything, but they played really good football against, you know, a really good team. And that's how you have to play. They stepped up to the challenge. You love at the end the two swats. I mean, that I mean the Giants' defense is, is if they can keep this up, the Giants are going to be a damn good football team. You know? It it's weird to say in 2022. I didn't think I'd be saying this. The Giants could be a damn good football team. You know, they get some weapons back. Kadarius Tony. Uh, you know, they get some, some pieces on that, uh, receiving core. You know, this team's winning. Uh, there's a guy that used to play for the Giants still out there. And I don't know how Giants fans would receive this, but why not go get Odell? Why not reunite with Odell? You need weapons. You go get yourself a, a, a capable receiver. I mean, you look great. He's still out there. And I think he's kind of looking to see what teams are going to be good. Why not reunite with the Giants? I think I think that would be great. You know, get get Daniel Jones's weapons. You know, have Darius Slayton, uh, Odell, and then you got Kadarius Tony when he comes back in the slot. Curious to see what Giants fans would think about that. But I, I think I think Odell to the Giants, get a reunite reunite them with the Giants. How they're playing now, you know, get the bat signal out. Bring Odell back. They need weapons. Daniel Jones could really, really use it. I mean, he's playing well without with the guys he's got, but you give him an Odell. I know he's not not the same Odell. We don't know what he's like after the injury, but might be worth a shot, man. And with the winning record, he might want to come there. He's got a chance at winning another Super Bowl, put a run together, and and uh, to me, this was a, a coming out party for the Giants. Uh, I had talked about it in the podcast that didn't get uploaded because of the technical difficulties. I had said this was a chance for the Giants to prove themselves they belong. Because to me, this was their real first test and kind of eye-opening. It's the, the Giants are no longer a punching bag anymore for the NFC East. And neither are the Cowboys. You can't, you can't talk shit about the Cowboys right now because they're winning. They're winning football games. Um... Next, we got the, uh, the the Bills and the Steelers. Not much really to go over here. This was as as I was expecting, and just an, a blowout. Um, you know, a lot of yards thrown for Kenny Pickett. Not a lot of points to show for it. Uh, Pittsburgh obviously had no running game because they were just down so early, so they they had to throw the ball. Uh, Buffalo just looked locked in. This was Josh Allen coming out party. I mean, like, we already know who he was, but he just came out and just fucking just slinging it early and often. Gabe Davis, three catches, a buck 71, two touchdowns. That's some Madden numbers, bro. I mean, that's straight up Madden. That's Madden 23 right now. Just give it to fucking Gabe Davis. And he was excellent. The Bills' defense was, uh, out, you know, they were great. They had three sacks and a pick. Um, they're just This is what Buffalo... This is what's scary about Buffalo. Uh, if if they're all on clicking and putting this thing together, they I see why they're the favorites. You know, I, that's why I love them so much in the preseason. You know, when I picked them for the preseason. Um, and looking now, you know, with my preseason picks, I had the Chargers in the Super Bowl against the Bucks. And right now, both those teams look sketchy right now. The Bucks, Bucks don't look like themselves. Their defense is really keeping them in games. And 
and the same could be said with the Chargers. They're just, um, but they did they did find a way to win against the Browns, thirty to twenty eight. That was a good one. Um, if you liked offense, there was a lot of a lot of big plays in this one. Nick Chubb had himself a hell of a day. They couldn't stop him, but he was one up by Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler had had them fantasy. Uh, Fantasy football players, I had him. They, they were loving him. He had 16 carries, a buck 73 and a touchdown. Also had a touchdown receiving. Uh, Chargers found a way to put this one away. Uh, you know, Cade York missed the field goal to, to kind of get them up. And, you know, they were a field goal away from winning this game. So, if you're Cleveland, you can't be too down because, really, you feel like you should have won that game. I mean, you played great. Your, your offensive weapons were great. Uh, you had the run game going. I thought Jacoby Brissett really looked fairly decent. You know, he's looked really good. The way this Browns team's playing, if they can just hold down the fort till Deshaun Watson gets back, they're really good. They're one. They are a quarterback, elite quarterback away from being a Super Bowl contending team. You know, with Amari Cooper, David Njoku, they look good. Donovan Peoples-Jones has fit in well there since he's been there. And then you got the best running back duo in the league with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. It's just, they need an elite quarterback that can win them games. Jacoby Brissett is a, is a I would say Jacoby Brissett's probably, would, he, would he's probably top, top uh, backup QB, would you say? Him or Andy Dalton? I, I would take Jacoby Brissett uh, as my backup. I mean, he, he just comes in, he doesn't usually make too many mistakes. There's not many throws he can't make. And he's got a little little bit of athleticism. You know, he's three carries, 32 yards. So, uh, if you're a Cleveland Browns fan, you're disappointed. You feel like you should have won this game. But um, this was a good one. 30-28, to 28 and the, the Chargers just found a way to win. That's what kind of what they're doing. Their games haven't been, like, eye-opening wins. But, you know, they're getting wins. If they're, they're at 3-2 and two and, you know, the Browns 2-3. and three. I mean, truthfully, that's not bad for what you have, the situation you got going. I didn't think the Browns would... Maybe I thought they'd be one and four, you know, but they've done a good job. Uh, NFC North battle, uh, Vikings and Bears. This was a this was an interesting one, you know. Coming into this, I, I had taken the, the Vikings, but I, this is this is a game where I, I would say, if you're a Bears fan, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be. Uh, you shouldn't be alarmed. You shouldn't be disappointed in this game. Now there are some plays that we're going to talk about that you know you're a little frustrated about. It was the start. They had a horrible fucking start. I mean, was Kirk Cousins 16 for 16 at one point? They couldn't stop Justin Jefferson. And if you're me, you're double teaming Justin Jefferson. I mean, he's he's the the fucking man. He's 12. He caught 12 catches for 154 yards, and he had 13 targets. Uh, Montgomery came back. The running game was atrocious this this week. You know, Justin Fields was by far their leading rusher, so that played a factor, and in, in it, it forced him to pass a lot more, and uh, by a lot more, 21 times. That's a lot for the Bears, dude. That's that's wild to me. That is so wild. You know, they, they 21. He only threw 21 times. You're looking at Kirk Cousins on the other side threw 20 more passes than him. Uh, you know. Kenny Pickett threw 59. I mean, Brady's thrown 50, 50. I mean, to me, I just urge for some balance. But when the run game's not going, it's, it's hard to, to really get that balance, especially when you're down. You get you get jumped on and pounced on the way they the Bears did. Um, and truthfully, the Vikings could do no wrong. But in that second half, this was a tale of two halves. This is two different games. You watch the first game, it was like, damn, dog. It was like a... a, a a football NFL team against a college team. Then the second half, and it was like, okay, now it's like Alabama and Auburn. You know what I mean? Like old school Alabama Auburn game, Alabama Georgia game. I mean, it got it got nitty gritty, and uh, they were just they were driving. And and what what might have been one of the greatest? I want to talk about this. The one of the greatest catches I, I'm you know this year. Might be might be the top catch. I know everyone's like, oh, the George Pickens catch. Yeah, that was that was that was a cool catch. I, you know, it was a really great catch. That fucking Darnell Mooney catch, dude. That Mooney catch was something special. Uh, I mean, he straight up one handed 
was still like hand checking, fighting guys, gets the ball up. I mean, and 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 it was almost to that that Odell style where his arm was uh, going back. I want to, I want to, we want to, want to play this here. Um, let me get this pulled up because you got this. This might have been one of the greatest catches I've ever seen uh, this year. So let's see if I can pull this up here. Uh, mm, I was not going to pull this up. Um, let's see. Whoops. Okay, so we don't want that. Let's see if we do it side by side. Oh, I see. It's got to be on the other monitor. Okay. So, but but either way, I, I have this pulled up now. You guys can look at go look look up, go look up the Darnell Mooney catch. It's all you got to type in. It's like the top search thing. But I mean, Fields throws a fucking just beautiful ball, and he the way he's reaching, hand checking. I mean, that was just a fucking beautiful catch. I love this Darnell Mooney kid, and it's it's a damn shame that they can't get him the ball more. But you know, you see him fighting, and then he pushes off, and just to. Go back and that that was a that was a sweet catch, man. That that was fucking that was a thing of beauty, and that was a real big moment in that game. You know, down twenty-one to three. You you then get down and then Montgomery gets the ball in for the score, going it you know right before halftime. That that was huge and a, and a real spark for the Bears. That might have been the spark that that kind of turned that game around and going back. Now that you go back and look at it, that allowed them to get that touchdown. Changes you know it's not twenty-one to three halftime. It's twenty-one ten. So that was a huge moment. It's the little that's what I'm talking about like with these penalties. It just takes a little play because look how that catch from that point on it was a whole different Chicago Bears football team. I mean, they were they were fired up. They came out and started playing ball. And if it wasn't for one of the most boneheaded plays I had ever seen. Uh I mean, you want to talk about just a silly ass, a, a, a silly ass play was at the end of the game, they they throw Justin Fields is that last drive he's throwing it to, and it was a Vikings former Viking. I don't even know who the guy was that caught the ball. It wasn't Mooney or any of these guys. I want to see, let, let me, oh, let me see. I got to see here. Because that that was one of the greatest plays I've ever seen from a defensive play by uh, Cam Dantzler. That was a fucking beautiful play. Um, let's see. I want I want to see because I want to know who that guy was. Um, I know, I just know that. He, he had nowhere to go forward, and he was like trying to get more yards, dance around, and Cam Dancer was the first guy that he broke the tackle off of. He then proceeds to get up, haul ass while that receiver was making a move here. Let's let's see who this number seventeen. So number seventeen. So he gets off of Dantzler, then is trying to shake. He's right. He's got so he's got two Vikings in front of him, and he's sitting there piddly paddling around. There's a minute eight left. You have one timeout. You're at the 40-yard line. Get your dumb ass out of bounds. What are you doing? If you're a Bears fan, you have full right to just be full-on pissed off at this dude because look at this. So he breaks the tackle for Cam Dancer, shakes him off, throws him off. Dancer then proceeds. You hear it quickly. Instincts. He gets up, like shot out of a can and gets up. It was just a fucking awesome play by the by him. But a dish, a, it shouldn't even been able, uh, shouldn't even have been able to be made. Because this dude had nowhere to go. He has Harrison Smith, one of the best safeties in the league. And an, a, another Vikings player comes in the picture. They have him trapped. He's got nowhere to go. Just get the fuck out of bounds. So then he doesn't get out of bounds. Dancer gets up. Straight up debos him from the back. Takes it. And then just takes off. One of the greatest defensive plays I might have ever seen. And it's just because of where it was in the game. And because he didn't quit on the play, just because he got a broken tackle, most guys are like, oh, man, Harrison Smith will tackle him. Be all right. We'll get him next try. No, he got his ass up immediately, went up and snatched it. I mean, if you're a Bears fan, that's got to be just gut-wrenching, dude. That's that's brutal because you, 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 you just made a, a whole comeback. 
here we go. We're driving down the field, and that happens. And all you had to do was get out of bounds. So the Vikings take that one, and that's just brutal if you're a Bears fan to go out like that. But got to jump out early. Minnesota, 4-1, now leads. They are the leader in the NFC North. Kind of shocking. And they have the tiebreaker right now over Green Bay. They already beat them week one. So this is not how I've seen this division going at all. Um, I, to me, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't buy. I think for my money, Minnesota is way too inconsistent. I don't think they match up with the, the elite teams in the NFL at all. Um, but it's just it's kind of surprising the way the NFC North is kind of shaking out. I think more surprising with Green Bay. But uh, stick with the NFC North. Not going to talk much about this one. This was just a fucking beatdown. New England 29-0 over the Detroit Lions. The team that had was scoring the most points in the league got a goose egg dropped on them. Uh, and that's with Bailey Zappi, dude. Bailey Zappi's impressive. You know, he comes in and he, he just... Doing his thing. He had a pick, but you know him and Jacoby Myers hooking up for 7-1-11 and a touchdown. Um, shout out to the to the Patriots. I you know I I, I know with 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 Bill Belichick they always have that good defense. They, this is the Lions, but the, this ain't the same Lions. They didn't put enough points for them to come in here and to just goose egg them. That's kind of eye opening, you know. The Patriots one of those teams where they're like the middle of pack teams where you really don't want to play because they're going to play you tough on defense and they're going to grind you out and they like to run the ball. Now with Zappi, they're running that ball with Stevenson, who's been playing pretty good for them um, with 161 yards in that game. But yeah, the, the Lions just were nowhere. They didn't show up this game and nobody showed up. It was just, it was an all around um, just bona fide crap fest if you're a Lions fan and especially what you've been seeing you're so close against all these good you know all these teams you've been putting up a lot of points and then you come out and drop that it was kind of a bit surprising it's you know I picked the Lions maybe to upset the Patriots but oof wasn't even close on that one a game that was close on a really fun game you got the the Saints and the Seahawks this was a fucking just all out you know barn burner this was what I call the Taysom Hill game and to me if I'm a Saints fan, I'm calling for Taysom Hill to be quarterback. We already know what Andy Dalton is. We've seen it. Uh, Taysom Hill came out. They couldn't stop him when he was running the ball. He had three rushing touchdowns and a passing touchdown. Why are you guys not going with him? You know, as a Falcons fan, I don't want him to. But as a common sense, you know, unbiased guy, he should be fucking starting. If you're a Saints fan, that should be your starter. Because defenses have to play him a whole lot differently. It's harder. To, it's like a Lamar game. You know, he's not Lamar Jackson, but... You know, he, he can run the fucking ball. He can pass the ball. He made a great throw in the 22 yards out. He delivers a strike. I mean, it was a thing of beauty. Um, Taysom Hill should be their starting quarterback. That's what I learned from this game. If, I, if I'm a Saints fan, I'm campaigning heavily for that dude to be your starting quarterback. Because he just, he makes shit happen. When he's on the field, shit just happens. So... But on the other side, Geno Smith is playing outside of his fucking mind. He made a huge, he made one of the most gorgeous throws, probably the best throw I've seen this season. To Tyler Lockett. I mean, it was so precise and on the fucking money. It couldn't have been. I, it could not have been any, any, in, any little misthrow, misspiral, something on that ball. It was. It was done. He had a defender. Stryfer's tried to come in, uh, like a half second too late on the ball, and Tyler Lockett caught it. It was just a fucking, just a beautiful throw, and Geno Smith's making some great throws. He made a few great throws to Tyler Lockett that were just a thing of beauty. Him and Metcalf, he threw one to Metcalf. It was a beautiful, a beautiful um, you know, where they, and their defense was kind of, their defense got a, a turnover. Uh, Tariq Woolen picked off Andy Dalton. You know, they, there wasn't much defense besides that, but the big sack by Cam Jordan that ended the game, you know, I love Gino for, you know, rolling out and making these plays. At some point, he's just got to throw that ball away. That third and two, throw the ball away. Give yourself a chance on fourth and two because then you didn't you notice how they didn't get the ball back after that. So if you're Gino Smith, you just got to play smarter. You know, you, you played a hell of a fucking game. You played your heart out in that game. 
you know, scrambling around trying to make he, there's a few times where he was just rolling around and that one third and sixteen, I think the drive before, you know, he was rolling around for so damn long and still ended up just getting out of bounds and not even get gaining in a yard. Same thing. Third and two. Cam Jordan's pressure you, nothing's there. Throw the ball out of bounds. Live to come back on fourth and two. You get a shot. You know, you at least get the opportunity. But uh like I said, if I'm a Saints fan, this is the time I want Taysom Hill. If I'm the Saints, I want Taysom Hill as my starting quarterback. Point blank period, because he makes shit happen. Any guy that can account for four touchdowns in the game should be on the field a hell of a lot more. They just let him start. But as a Falcons fan, keep Andy Dalton. Go ahead, keep Andy Dalton. I'm all down for that. <clears throat> then you got the a surprising one, which was, you know, I... Uh, Who's the who's the who's like the strength and conditioning coach for for the, for Miami? They're, they're gonna have no quarterbacks at, at this point. I, it was funny. I seen something that's like at this point, Flipper will be the starting QB by week nine for the Dolphins. I mean, once Teddy went out, and you know your your chances are going down. You you lose forty to seventeen to the Jets, who are just now getting Russell Russell. Jesus. Zach Wilson back um, for a second game. To me, this was a really good game for all the young guys. Brees Hall had a really good game. This was Brees Hall's game, coming out party. He had 18 carries, 97 yards, and a touchdown. Um, and then also had two catches for 100 yards receiving. So I, I like the way the Jets are playing with these young guys with Zach Wilson. They, they definitely look a little different. They got a little spunk and spark to them, which I kind of like. And these young guys, Sauce Gardner got a pick. All these young guys that they signed are, are really proving themselves. And the Jets, I think, are going to be a really good team moving forward. You know, I don't know if they make anything happen this year. They are 3-2. Robert Sala's got that team going at 3-2. But I, I don't know if it's enough to really make the noise this season. But that's you got to be happy. If you're a Jets fan, you're finally happy that, you know, we got something. Zach Wilson hopefully can, you know, really step up his game and keep making improvements. you got to love Brees Hall. Great running back. He's doing a lot in the receiving game as well. You know, you got Elijah Moore, my, you know, uh, Garrett Wilson. Corey Davis is looking good. Sauce Gardner on the defensive side with Quinn Williams and CJ Mosley and Quan Alexander. Yeah, these guys, they got some pieces here. They're, they're getting close to being a real scary team. And, you know, if you're, if you're a Dolphins fan, this one sucks because, you know, it, it, it really wasn't a chance. Once Teddy was out, it was it was over. But uh, tough, tough loss for the Dolphins. They just, golly, man, they need to put them quarterbacks in a bubble or something. Don't let them, you know, don't let them walk around and, you know, bump into a, a fucking wall on accident. They're, they're done, so... Sucks, sucks for that game just because we didn't get to see anybody, if, you know, the Dolphins at full strength. But if, if my takeaway is, if you're a Jets fan, you should you should be excited for your future because these picks that they made this year are really paying off. Boy, they look good. Love Sauce Gardner. I love the receivers that they they got with Garrett Wilson. Um, Brees Hall's fun. So if if, you, if you're a Jets fan, you, you're excited. If you're a Dolphins fan, that's a tough one. You don't even you feel like you didn't get a shot at that game at all. Just because how fast Teddy was out, and then you've got the the Jerome Bogner passing interference bullshit game. <clears throat> Tampa Bay and and Tampa Bay get to their credit jumped all over Atlanta early. This one was looking like it might get might get out of hand, but credit to Atlanta boy. Fifteen points in the fourth quarter, they were storming back. Mariota played great. Shout out to Atlanta's defense because they they kept this game from not getting crazy. You know, you got to shout out to Atlanta's defense. Really playing well. Um, this team's playing. Atlanta is playing above where they should be right now. And I'm not going to get too much back into that passing, roughing the passer call. I, you know, I said what I said about that whole deal. And I think, you know, Atlanta has a real good shot of going down and, and scoring. And Brady might not even get the ball back with the much time he's left. So, I just, you know, I'm a little disappointed. It's going to be tough for these guys. No Kyle Pitts. No, you know, the fact that they did this with no Kyle Pitts and no Cordero Patterson, who's, Cordero Patterson's been their offense. You know, he's been the big part of their offense, just like last year so far. It's tough. You know, it was, it was tough. And that, I almost picked the Bucks for that reason. But shout out to Atlanta, man. They, they they played their hearts out and they you know they got screwed over on a on a bad call. 
personal foul. It is what it is. You can't change Welcome it now. But I don't know. It just it doesn't sit well for me as a Falcons fan. You know, we, I felt like we were robbed of the chance to even, to even get a get a dub on that. So that one's tough. Tough loss. They got a tough one next week too for the 49ers. So Titans Commanders. Not much on this one. This is what I would call the uh, uh battle of the just not it QBs. I don't even know the word. Carson Wentz and Tannehill. I don't. Think either one's a starting quarterback in this league. Just gonna keep it real. Carson Wentz isn't gonna win you any games. His play is just—he's too sloppy. Three fumbles. You know, he's—he's he's just. They didn't have any running game going at all, and then them passing as much as they did. It's just. If you're Washington, this is a, a bum year. You know, Wentz—they gotta get a quarterback. And I think for them, this is tank tank year, and you get you go get one of these these top top quarterbacks. They're, they're going to be looking for you know C.J. Stroud or uh, Bryce Young, one of these guys. They're, they're going to be looking for a quarterback, obviously, because this 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 isn't it. And they've got some really good pieces. I think Washington next year is going to be a hell of a lot more fun to watch. Um, Commanders fans, next year is going to be a really good year for you guys. I think if they get a if they get one of those quarterbacks, you know, with Brian Robinson now and Antonio Gibson and uh, Dami Brown looked really good this game at the two touchdowns with Scary Terry, Curtis Samuel. I mean, they got pieces. This is a, and their defense is not bad. Their defense, they got a lot of good defense. Their defense is better than their offense, I think. And uh, it's just you know, they're only going to go as far as Carson Wentz goes, and. Tennessee, someone has to win the AFC South. Whoever and whoever it is is going to be is doomed. You know they're, they're, that that division's just rancid bad, dude. Because now the Texans have just beaten the Jaguars. I I, I finally take the Jags in a game and they they fucking screw me over. Lawrence looks like shit with his two picks. The defense for the Texans was all over him. Um, Derek Stingley had a pick. Desmond King had a pick. Uh, no sacks. I kept them upright, but just this was a real a thirteen to six game. Not much really to talk about as a defensive game, and the only thing I could say that I love about the Texans, I love this Damian Pierce dude. This guy is a fucking hoss. I mean, he is one of my favorite running backs to watch right now because every time you put I put on tape of this dude, it, it, it is wild. I don't know if if anyone has seen this, but you need to go look at the Damian Pierce run against Jacksonville. This man broke one, two, three, four, five, six. He broke about seven tackles to get him down to the, the two-yard line. Just incredible. And that's every time you put on the tape. That's every run with this guy. He is so fun to watch. Um, if you're a Texans fan, you have your identity on offense. It's give that motherfucker the ball at all costs. He is their Saquon. He's their bell cow, their fucking workhorse, whatever you want to call it. That dude's a bona fide stud at running back. One of my new favorite players in the league to watch is Damian Pierce. If I'm putting on a Texans game, it's because of that. Um, but with that division, someone's got to win. The Texans are 1-3-1. and one. The Colts are sitting at 2-2-1. Two, two and one. The, the, the Titans at 3-2. and two. And the Jags at 2-3. and three. So it's 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 that one's anybody's. That's I feel like that's gonna be all year. They're just gonna beat on each other, and and somebody's eventually gonna be a rewarded a playoff spot. And whoever it may be, I don't know. I thought the Colts would take it. That's right now. It's anyone's. It's up for anyone's grabs. Even the Texans are still in the damn thing because of their division. So. Uh, 49ers, Panthers. Uh, not much here. 49ers look good. Uh. Really, they look good on all facets of the game here. Their offense was great. Running the ball, passing the ball was great. Um, you know, defensively, they get six sacks. That's disgusting and also scary for next week as a Falcons fan. They get a pick six from Emmanuel Moses. I mean, they did it on every fucking any way they, they could. They, they beat Carolina. Baker Mayfield leaves. He's now um, dealing with an ankle injury. 
Matt Rule, breaking news, big news here. Matt Rule was fired. I had said something about Matt Rule. This might be his last game. Um, any game now could be his last game. And, and they pulled the trigger. Truthfully, just you know, they, they didn't win games. I thought, I thought uh, his draft picks were really good. Um, the way he had built that defense up, I thought that defense could carry this team. But now that defense doesn't even look good. Getting up 37, and it could be too the offense. Usually, when there's bad defenses, um, it's usually a lot of times bad offenses as well because they 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 don't find the way to. Entire time, so. I, for me, I don't know if it's bad defense by, you know, it's just a combination of, you know, when you're a bad football team, everything seems to be going wrong. Um, and right now the Panthers are just, they're doomed. They're, they're, they're free falling pretty fast. And who knows what they're going to do? Do they go get a quarterback, you know, with Baker and all this? So crazy thing. I think Matt Rule will bounce back. He'll go back to the college ranks if I had to guess. I don't know if he'll get another shot in the NFL. <clears throat> after the way he, you know, performed in, as a coach. But, uh, you know, Matt Rule gone. I know the, the Panthers said their top target is, is actually going to be Sean Payton, which will be interesting. I don't know if they'll have any interest in wanting to go there, but right now they've come out and said that's their uh, that's their top guy they're going to be going for is Sean Payton. Interesting. Stays in the NFC South if he does that. What we got next? We got... Them Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? Four and one for them Cowboys. Cooper Rush. Don't call it a QB controversy now. Don't call it a QB controversy. Uh, and what's what's going on with LA? What is wrong with LA? Before we go, before we go, what's wrong with LA? I do want to give a shout out. Dan Quinn's got this to Dallas Cowboys defense. Just fucking firing on all cylinders. You know, he wasn't a, he wasn't, may not have been the best head coach, but damn, he knows defense. This dude knows defense like it's nobody's business. He's got guys playing outside their fucking minds. Micah Parsons is just becoming, he's sliding into the new Aaron Donald, man, of, of just being dominant. He ain't there even close to there yet, but, and I, I see all these, would you rather have Micah Parsons or Aaron Donald? Shut the fuck up. You want Aaron Donald. But, with that being said, Micah Parsons is not is is a damn close second fiddle, man. He's a fucking baller. Um, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how this what this how this team looks with Dak. You know, the good thing about this is with them being four and one, they have no need to rush. No pun intended. Rush Dak Prescott back. Um, and especially next week against the Eagles, I'm not bringing. Uh-uh. I'm not bringing Dak Prescott back. That's not the game I'm bringing him back. I, I would not bring him back. I was I, I know it's it's going to be a key game, and you probably want your best players on the field. But if Dak is at, even if he's at 99%, I'm not putting that motherfucker out there because then you're banking on Cooper Rush the rest of the season. He gets hurt and it's something then serious. You now have no choice but to go to Cooper Rush because it's all fine and dandy that Cooper Rush is playing good. If this team was, if this could be a different story, if this team was was on the flip one and four, then uh, this could be a whole different ball game. We'd be getting, we'd be getting, maybe we'd be wanting Cooper Rush out and get Dak back as soon as possible. But if I'm the Cowboys, hold off a week. I'll put him back in. No, don't do that to that man. <laughs> That's just setting him up for for failure. On the other side of the ball, the Rams. I don't know what to, I, I don't know what this team anymore. They've got no run game. They've got no identity. Allen Robinson's been the the biggest fucking. Waste of fucking... I don't even understand what his deal is. Because I thought this was a great move. Because he was damn good with Chicago. And he wouldn't even get the ball enough. You know, we, we, Fields wasn't getting the ball like he should. Now he's got a, a capable quarterback who... He hasn't played good. He's been sloppy. Matthew Severs has been sloppy with the ball. He's He's got a 5-7 to seven touchdown to pick ratio. Cam Akers and, and... You know, they got no running game at all. And Cooper Cup's the only guy that gets open. So it's just they're a team too that I, I they would they really are they they could be using the services of Odell. But if I'm Odell, I want nothing to do with that team. Not right now. Right now they look like they're gonna flop hard, dude. The, the, the Rams need to turn this thing around. I I know the Cowboys have been looking good, but 
And at the end of the day, it's Cooper Rush. And he went 10 for 16, 102. Didn't even throw a fucking touchdown on you. I mean, that's embarrassing. They The, the, the Cowboys did nothing crazy on offense. And, you know, only four guys, only three guys caught a pass. No one had more than 53 yards. And, you know, CeeDee Lamb at 53 yards. I mean, it was just a wild game. I mean, a winnable game for the Rams. And they just can't find a way to put, put anything together. They, they have no identity. And they can't, they can't sit back and pass 50 times a game. They will lose every time. Because Stafford has too many problems fumbling and, and picks. They just can't. He's not, he's not that guy. He's great quarterback. But you're killing him by making him pass every play. It's just, it does, it's foolish. I talk about it all the time. It's just, you got to have fucking balance. And they have none. Absolutely none. Their running game is, a, is, is atrocious. And you can say the same for this next team. The way the Cardinals, that, that's been their problem is run game. Now, I got a little bit better this week against the Eagles. That's why I think they played a little bit better. You know, they actually had a chance in this game. And a lot of people are looking at that Kyler Murray slide. You know, he slid a half a yard back and then spiked it and then made them have to kick it. I, that, to me, didn't define the game. Kicker still got to make the kick. Drop, so, throws, and it's by Brown. you can say what you want was a, a little bit of a boneheaded play. You know, you messed up a little bit. Yeah, that ain't why they lost. They'll sit there and blame that shit on that because that's why they lost. No, that kicker missed the fucking kick. That's why they lost. Has nothing to do with that. It was, it, it, it was not that big of a you know, game changer to me in my eyes. Um, I, so, so I, 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 I don't know. The, the Cardinals really look good this this game, but it's just the, the the Eagles are just so complete. They're so balanced. Their run game with Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders, and um, you know, and then they go to the passing game and they got oh, t pick your poison. You know, AJ Brown off. You know, other than that first drive, he didn't do anything. But Devontae Smith now has 10 for 87. Goddard, 8 for 95. We've seen games where Devontae Smith recently hasn't done much. And it's been A.J. Brown. So at any time, any one of those guys can go off on you. And what's crazy is, you know, only throw it to five different guys. Uh, which is pretty pretty wild. Usually you, you like to spread that ball around a lot more. But you know, he got his guys. There are a lot of screens to Devontae Smith and Arizona not able to make the open field tackles a lot of the times. That's where a lot of his yards came from. But hell of a game. The Eagles find and just find another way to win. And right now they've got to be the favorites. They're the most complete team. Their defense is playing out pretty damn good. And and their offense is firing. They're firing on all cylinders right now. And the Cardinals, to their credit, played a really good game. They definitely got a little more balanced. I like that. It shows on the scoreboard. Now you're a little more balanced. You're within three teams of being the best team in the league. Uh, you you got you got to hold your head you got to hold your head high after that game because you you played a good damn game against a, the best team in the league and you really should have had a shot as a missed kick. Sunday night football, Ravens Bengals. This was a good one. This was a good one. It's a little bit sloppy, a little bit you know low scoring, smash mouth. Um, a good game though. Uh, back and forth. Bengals just seem off, man. They they really do. They've definitely taken a step back from last year, and I know they're missing T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase hasn't really played up to what he was doing last year. I think that's because you know he's got no, he doesn't have the same running mates. But uh, a, a damn good game here. And what was what was shocking was the throws Lamar was missing, man. This game really could have been a lot. It could have been a lot worse. I think the Baltimore or, or the Cincinnati kind of got lucky with some of these. They were leaving guys wide open down the field, and Lamar missed a couple throws on that drive. You know, they went for it on fourth down, had this guy wide open, and he overthrows him. So to me, this game could have been a little bit uglier. I think the, the, the Ravens were definitely the better team, and it showed. They just left a few more points on the on the table. They didn't cash in on. So, uh, to me, this was a, a pivotal game in this in this division early on, and the Ravens found a way to win. Coming off last week, uh, they came in and played a good game. They just got to hang on to that ball, and Lamar's you know got to get got to get more consistent. On the throws, because man, he had some beauties. But a good, tough nose AFC. This is an AFC North game right here, if I ever seen one. And, you know, 
the low scoring. They always play each other good, and it was a good game. And then the last game last night, we had obviously, you know, everyone's talking about the uh, the game, but Travis Kelsey, man, had himself a game. The, the the Chiefs got knocked in the mouth pretty early by the Raiders. Um, but credit to Kansas City sticking with it and and find a way to win. I thought the Raiders, you know, both these teams played great. Both teams deserved to win this. You know, had had chances really to win this game. But that call, that but you know, the roughing the passer call, that was that was that was bad. That was very bad. And like I said, at this point, we just need flags on quarterbacks because that was that was that was terrible. Um, uh, and they had all these chances, and they still they still couldn't get it to go. To me, what was boneheaded? I I don't understand the call uh, with the Raiders going for two. I don't get it because either way, you still have four some mittens left. Four something minutes left, and you have to stop. You have to stop him regardless. The only difference is it changes the game plan. The, the now the Chiefs are more likely to run the ball and, and drain the clock on you if you're down one than if it was tied. So it, it, either way, it was going to be on the defense to make a stop. So the risk reward, you know, there was no, there was no, there wasn't a big enough reward. You go up by one, and either way, Kansas City can drive down and kick a field goal. How easy do you think that is with four minutes? So it, it's up to your defense. No matter how you slice the cake, the defense is going to have to stop Kansas City with four minutes. So this was just a silly, I mean, at least with 30-30, if they don't do anything, you got to go to overtime. And when this you game, get a chance, man. Um, the and they did get a chance. Adams from getting up the field, and you're going to see but, the contact then as Renfro you know, and Devontae Adams was, a, was a, just a fucking shoe. Just a, just, I mean, that was so was close, totally that, that play by Devontae Adams. And Devontae Adams um, and Renfro, they collide. And the Chiefs, it would one point. Pulling on my mic. From the one, Mahomes, end zone. We set them up for the He's win. This was a fun one last night. And, and they Four just came down to that night. play and Travis he just Kelsey got out of bounds. But Wow, what a, what a game for Travis Kelsey. Breaks the record for tight end. His way yeah. To <laughs> Touchdown. yeah, just a, it's four. a total blown coverage. I mean, um, he didn't have anybody. Not even you know, late. This is a fun game at the end. He's so close. Exactly you know, the Raiders could have had that win. And then, you know, Devontae Adams. I don't. I don't like the the shoving the cameraman. That whole deal was. You know, that's you're, that's a sore loser shit right there. And you know, Devontae's probably thinking, "Fuck, I made a, a just a shitty mistake." But I'll tell you, I will give credit to Derek Carr on that throw to Devontae Adams in the end zone. That deep one. That was a beauty, dude. He had a beautiful fucking throw. Just just one play away from not. And then on that last play, Hunter Renfro, you know, they run, they run into each other and you don't even get a, you know, a shot, which sucks. But And it was all because of the great – that corner had jammed. He jammed Devontae Adams so bad that he couldn't uh, – he, he was so – he should have been farther down the field. Renfro bumps right into him in, in ball game. Uh, hell of a game. Uh, with all that, we finished 8-8. Eight and eight. And I still don't know much about. There's a lot of teams I still don't know about, man. So this, uh, when when we're back on the next episode, I come out with my week six picks. It's gonna be tough. I'm not gonna lie. I, I it's it's hard nowadays picking these teams. Since everyone's just so wishy washy from week to week. Teams look so much different. So it, it, it's it's why this game's fun. It's why we play the games. Or you know, you just never know. Um. With that being said, guys, I think I'm going to leave you all with that that one. As always, love you all. Peace. Welcome to the Octo Podcast, everybody.